Good afternoon. It's another edition of the 21 News Podcast. I'm Managing Editor Justin Mitchell. Building an equitable environment for everyone at YSU. That's the goal behind a new emergency fund started by the LGBTQ alumni chapter at the university. With us today to talk about the fund, the story behind it, and who it aims to help is YSU alum Kathy Lucas. Kathy, thank you for being with us. Hi, happy to be here. Hi. So tell me about this new student emergency fund. You know, what is it? Where's the money come from? How, who can use it? How? All, all about it. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, so it really started with, um, we had a brainstorming session as a alumni group. And um, what the feedback we had gotten during that brainstorming session was that alumni wanted to see a greater sense of community. And it was also brought to our attention that there wasn't an emergency fund at YSU, which um, actually most universities have. And so as we gathered more information, um, we found that nearby Kent State University had a really great fund. Um, and we realized that we should really have something assisting um, our LGBT um, students on campus um, to really just mirror what other universities are offering in terms of support and equity. Um, so we collaborated and got information from Kent and then we gathered together and talked with the university and just wanted to implement something. So it's intended, it's just a small fund, it's intended to, well, we hope it will grow, <laughs> but um, it's donation based. Anyone can donate, so you don't have to be an alumni. You could just be maybe a community member, maybe somebody who cares. And it's intended to help students who are currently on the campus experiencing like a financial hardship. So we encourage the students to also access other um, resources on campus or in the area, but we also recognize that LGBTQ students and people face um, unique barriers um, just due to like stereotypes and being disenfranchised. And so we wanted to embrace and so show support um, on campus for those students. So, I mean, what, what are some of the ways that people could use the money and is it available now? Is this for is this for all students or specifically for the LGBTQ community? I, I'm not 100% sure I'm following. So it is a, a fund that's intended to help LGBT students, students who are identifying as LGBTQ. Sure. There was a really great article um, in Mahoney Matters on December um, 1st that is actually on our YSU Facebook page that reflects um, the need um, and and the idea behind what the population of people were trying to serve. So the story of that student um, and that article is a student that basically became homeless because they came out to their family and um, didn't have a support system that most students might have access to and they specifically lost their support system because they identify as LGBTQ. And so um, that was the idea that, you know, this is a unique demographic of people who face a unique circumstance that, you know, other students might not face. And of course, we support other students that are facing hardships and there are a lot of other funds to access. But sure. if you read further in that article, you'll notice that um, they reach out to other nonprofits in the area that are faith-based and the faith-based organizations are doing wonderful work. And of course, we certainly support them. Um, but the message that came across was that their identity, like, for example, I think they used an example of somebody who was transgender. 
um, if they came to like the mission for assistance, like if it was a homeless student or a homeless adult, that they wouldn't really recognize their identity as an LGBTQ person. They would be coming from sort of their religious perspective and, and how they believe they should identify. And that can really um, harm or victimize or re-victimize somebody who identifies as LGBTQ. I mean, you, you may just, you lost your home and your family because of their ideologies or beliefs. And now you're reaching out for help and you're being told that, you know, your identity isn't a valid identity or that you're not facing support being your authentic self. And so that's that's part of the reason why it's important to support our local um, nonprofits, even like Full Spectrum. So it's about really it, it, it's about a, a an inclusive community. I mean, for instance, right. if they had gone to you know some some other charitable organization, it's not so much that they're getting turned away. It's that there's a they're being made to feel a sense of otherness that's um, right. yeah, maybe it's... more amorphous. It's not as though somebody's necessarily violating some federal discrimination law against them, but it's not it's not a community that uh, that they feel like they're being welcomed with open arms in. Right, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, it could even feel all right hostile to people. I mean, I've seen people who are really very passionate about their beliefs and believe that they want to like conform the person and, and that's not really, you know, sure. what they're seeking. They're just seeking a baseline place to kind of lay their head and gather their, their you know, thoughts and be safe. And so you're seeking a safe environment, but then you don't, you're not met with a safe environment. And so um, we recognize that that can happen. I've worked in um, the nonprofit industry and, and housing specifically. Um, it's been pretty recent that HUD housing, uh, the CFRs um, or like the legal statutes do not allow for discrimination if a nonprofit organization receives HUD housing funds. Um, however, private organizations in the area might not be receiving HUD funds and then they can turn people away if you're not going to sort of conform to their religious ideology. And so of course everyone's, you know, has their right to their religious beliefs and we support that, but there also has to be a place so people aren't on the street or, um, you know, where they could face harm and a safe place for everybody. So that, that's sort of the idea between the, you know, uh, behind equity. Now, how far back does the idea for this go? What made what made you guys want to spearhead this? Is this you know a relatively new idea? I know you mentioned Kent, but um, you, you were an alum in uh, what like two? Uh, did I read two thousand seven? Two thousand one. I graduated. Oh, <laughs> um, there. Yeah, it's been a number of years. Um, so there really wasn't much on campus. I think there was a small group on campus, but um, and I believe at YSU there still isn't like an LGBTQ center, which you would see at most campuses. So the university does have a long way to go, and we recognize that. Um, our hope is that you know the university will sort of hear the alumni voice and say, hey, yeah, we do want to model ourselves or or be competitive with other nearby universities or other national universities. Um, and offer the same equitable environment to our students and recognize, um, you know, maybe some of the challenges they face. So, um, you know, I think this is great that, you know, YSU is taking that step forward and collaborating with us on this. And um, yeah, I mean, the hope is that it's just going to grow and the, you know, the environment will be, you know, more inclusive and, and just positive for really everybody. How much progress would you say has been made in terms of achieving a more inclusive environment over the course of the last couple decades. I mean, you, you, you're going back to 2001, but even since, you know, even since the nineties, when, uh, I, you know, I know, I know I did some charity work with, uh, with the AIDS community in the, in the mid nineties. And, um, 
it was a, a very different landscape, it seems, than it is now in terms of what uh, the, the way people reacted. There was a there was a meanness that you ran into a lot that seems like it's gotten better, but I'm an outsider here. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I think that in some ways it has gotten better because um, there's more like inclusion. Like, for example, I had just shared something on our alumni page about I'm, I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers and Penguins fan. Um, don't tell any of my friends in Seattle. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I'm a Steelers you know, fan. Don't tell my friends in this newsroom. You know. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, um, just what I really kind of see is it's a mixed bag. You know, um, it's. I think it's sad that there's like such a political environment around sometimes the LGBTQ identity because it's really just people living their lives and trying to be people. And, um, you know, I, I think it's great. Like I when I'm at the meetings and listening to older alumni, it really just sort of hurts my heart to hear like their experiences. There's just so much hurt and trauma that the older generations of LGBTQ people face and, you know, carry and they carry that trauma with them. And then I'm sort of middle of the road. Like, you know, I was in high school in the nineties and then, you know, in the early two thousands and, you know, I still didn't have the ability to get married until later um, in my life. And um, so, yeah, I, I kind of saw both sides of it. I see like the shift. But um, then, you know, looking at Ohio from like Washington state and kind of hearing news from the West Coast, I know that California state actually won't do business with Ohio right now on a state level um, because Ohio implemented some legislation that allows for the medical practitioners in the state to deny services to people who identify as LGBTQ uh, based on their religious ideologies. And so, and I really think like if you are coming from a religious ideology, it's compassion first. You know, that's, you know, I, I have a family that's religious and, you know, I really think of things in a compassionate, empathetic way. And I think people read scripture and things differently, interpret it differently. Um, so I, there's a lot of concerns for me. Like if I were even to return to Ohio, like what if I ended up in the hospital? Would I face somebody who wouldn't treat me? I, I don't know. So that's, that's kind of scary. And that's sort of like... The regression I'm seeing so that's sort of the concern um, and you know organizations like full spectrum it's great to see them in the area to offer a support system and be a voice for people in the area that still live there um, you know the great thing is there is more visibility in terms of like you can get married now and have a family and have more normalcy and I think that that helps to sort of bridge the stereotypes that have been fed in our culture uh, that impacted the older generation that I see that carry a lot of trauma from the stereotypes. Um, so it's it's more normalized and, you know, um, people have a little bit more of an understanding of who LGBT people are. Um, although I still think that there are a lot of stereotypes in the media that it's such a diverse group of people. There's so many people that come from all sorts of different backgrounds that also identify as LGBTQ. So you have to keep that in mind. Absolutely. Now, now tell me about the fund. What are some of the uh, what are the restrictions on it? If somebody needs help and and is looking for the fund, I mean, what what are the what are the caps on it? And what are the uses it could be approved for? How do they get help? 
Um, so what they want to do is, um, and like I said, it really is a holistic approach because you want to serve the student body in a holistic way. And maybe this fund isn't specifically going to meet their needs. Maybe their needs are met by another fund that they should have access to. And so they should really go to the student services office and talk with them and see, you know, in a holistic way, what fund would serve them both or, or best. And, you know, it could be both this fund or maybe other funds. Um, this is really small and just grassroots and getting off the ground, but it's, you know, um, they can come and ask for assistance and, you know, maybe there could be a small amount of money used to help them with, you know, food resources um, paired with maybe some other resources. You know, the idea is to really help people get off the ground and also feel empowered. So it's not, you know, meant to be something that's ongoing. Um, it's just sort of like a one time approach or maybe even a, a, a two time approach, um, but really it's about people being self-sufficient and sustainable and feeling empowered. And to be empowered, you really have to be able to grab onto everything. So this is just, just a small piece of a bigger system to help people. So it might be very case by case as to, to what exactly. it might be used for. Um, right. Does it have to be directly tied to some type of discrimination or can it just be just general hard times? No, it's, yeah, and it's not even really discrimination focused. It could just be, hey, you know, I have experienced this hardship. Um, we know that um, I had posted some things on our Facebook page that talked about the LGBT community. Really, you'll see most people work in the service industry. And so during COVID, a lot of people lost their employment. And so COVID and, and that job loss impacted the community you know, people who identify as LGBTQ much more than it did sort of the other demographic or general demographic of people. Um, there's been some really good studies. So if you look on our Facebook page, you'll find like a lot of different information. And, and so that's, you know, really sort of the thought process, like we're in this pandemic and it's such a unique circumstance and you already have students that could be facing a struggle. And, you know, maybe the students does have the support of their family, but their family is a very working class family that is struggling themselves and they can't give the assistance to the student and, you know, they're facing other barriers. So, and that's why it's so important to, you know, reach out to the university and, and find holistically, you know, what resource is going to serve you best as a person, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Now, yeah. you mentioned this is all donation based. So, um, somebody's looking to give to the fund. How do they do that? Um, yeah, so if you go to our Facebook page, we actually have a link that you can click on. And so you can give um, to the university through that link, or you can just um, actually write out a check and there's an address to mail it directly to the university. And what is the Facebook page? Just make sure we say it. So um, yeah, it's, a, it's the YSU LGBTQ alumni page. So if you just probably put in the search bar YSU LGBTQ alumni, you'll see our rainbow yeah. Y. And <clears throat> everything come up. All right. Well, Kathy, thank you very much for being with us today. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for talking with me. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you. Here. Bye. You too. Bye.